So value, that's, that's the lesson. Welcome to Cue the Mic. Welcome to episode number 33, and I'm Randy Twyford, and that's Darren Worth, and glad to have you here. Glad to have you here, yeah. We, uh, after our last episode, Randy, I got to tell you, um, people do actually listen to this podcast really? because, oh uh, yeah, when I was, when I was going through and talking about our problems with data analytics and, and struggling with counting and whatever, you would not believe all the computer guys that came out of the woodwork saying, this is easy. This is easy. I can help you. Let's program something. I can help you. Unbelievable that there's barbecue people that are computer people. That was always the thing. Oh. Uh, that was always the thing, you know, at barbecue contests. I'll never forget at uh, Bruce Ring's uh, uh, what people do in their real life. And uh, at Bruce Ring's contest, I'll never forget there was a guy that came in at, uh, and that was in what was that town in Missouri? Jefferson City. Jefferson City. And uh, Jeff guy City. came, yep. guy came in in this massive motorhome, and uh, everybody was like, "Man, who's that guy?" And of course, Bruce knew him, and uh, it's like, "Wonder what he does." And you know, it's the old joke is, uh, "Well, by God, what are you, a nuclear physicist?" Well, this guy really was a nuclear physicist and he traveled around the country and was a <laughs> consultant. And remember that, remember that, that guy was, a, he was actually a nu nuclear physicist and he traveled around and was a friend of Bruce's and came and cooked that barbecue contest. I'll never forget that. Never forget. Yeah, we, we always, we always talk about that. Cause when I explained the barbecue to people in the world, I said, you know, it's just, it's this big melting pot because you talk about, um, it, it, you talk about, I mean, it's like we got computer programmers. There's a ton of computer guys. I'm surprised how many computer guys there are. But there's CEOs of companies. But then there's, you know, city sewer workers. And there's just yeah. all kinds from every different walk of life um, in there because it's all just a hobby for people to get away. Now, there's very few restaurant owners in the barbecue competition circuit. You know, because sure. most of the time, if you own a barbecue restaurant, unless you've got any <clears throat> big size to you, you know, it's hard to get away. Exactly. And um, and the nice thing of it is, is once you hit that barbecue playing field, everybody's even. You know, it doesn't make any difference if you're the CEO of uh, a big corporation or like you said, if you're a city worker uh, working on the streets, everybody's the same. And everybody treats everybody the same. And that's the nice thing about barbecue contests. Right. So so getting back to this conversation, so I'm getting emails back and forth from from listeners, you know, saying and, and text messages and messenger messages and whatever saying, Hey, let's let's I think we can solve this problem for you. So one of those messages came from old Seth at Procrastinators, who we both know sure. very well and you know, been around for a long time. And you know, Seth, he's a he's a high end computer geek. I mean, he's one step away from NASA. You know, so he's he's showed me a picture of his home office where he works, and he he used to be like the the um, head of head of IT security or cybersecurity for I think Jim Beam, and now he's a I think he's a certified certified certifiable technology of chief technology officer. I think he is for a big insurance brokerage, and you know they build their own software and they do all this stuff. And he goes, I think we can use artificial intelligence. And I'm like, really? what? He goes, yeah. He says, send me this file. So we're going back and forth on the text. So I send him a file of this spread of this raw data. Now, this is a PDF. This isn't an Excel format. This is a right. PDF of the day on Wednesday spreadsheet showing each individual order. And he started writing a little, not writing code. All he was doing was asking it questions. He's like, can you summarize this by menu item? And then it would blurt out a thing. And then he would say, let's fine tune this. And so we're going back and forth. And this just is a five-minute conversation back and forth on Messenger. But he starts asking it 
very much detailed questions. So once he figured out how to ask the right questions, it started giving us the right answer. Really? And I'm like, are you kidding me? So he sends me this screenshot and it, and he goes, uh, you know, tell me, uh, take menu item Turkey and tell me each, I can't remember what he did, but he, he was writing through all this stuff. And all of a sudden, boop, pops up turkey you need two gallons you need 89 quarts you need 72 whatever and by the way total you need 68.5 gallons of of turkey gravy now i'm here to tell you manually that would have taken just turkey gravy would have taken 30 minutes alone and with probably three mistakes but this thing spit that out in a matter of minutes so he was explaining to me that once you get this and there's a name for it but i call it a widget but once you get this widget designed in, then, you know, about how you want it and how you want it to analyze a certain report, then you can save that. And then you can just bring another report in, tell it the same thing, and it will come up with the different answers about this. And so you think about data analytics in the restaurant, we got a huge amount of data. You know, right? I mean, exactly. POS, we got POS data. We have all this data, whether it's financial data or operational data, whatever. We have this huge amount of data that we need to compile. And the problem is, we don't get time to do that. Nobody has time to do that. And nobody has time to hire a full time financial analyst. So I'm looking at this thing. I'm going, wow. And my mind starts going, how do I download, you know, my raw POS data for the day? And how many portions of brisket do I need on the average for every Tuesday? And how much mac and cheese do I need to prepare based upon the portions? Give it to me in gallons. How many do I need? So if you load all this past data in, it's smart enough to do this very quickly, very quickly. Really? Give you the data you need at your at your fingertips. And so it's like I've been constantly thinking time and time ever since I had this conversation with him. So he's like, well, yeah, it's just 20 bucks a month. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, but you got to go. I've been a I've had the chat GPT app. I'm not sure if you've ever seen that, Randy. Yeah, I've seen but it. On your if phone. you download, you can get it. Yeah, you can get a free app of ChatGPT, so it's free. And you can uh-huh. ask it questions. You can say, hey, write me the autobiography of Randy Twyford and Twyford Barbecue in Jacksonville, Illinois, and it'll print out a five-page autobiography synopsis of sure, you, and it will know sure. everything about you. And so, and I played around with that a lot. It's kind of fun to play with, but never really think. Well, then we get into this data analytics. And he goes, "Yeah, you gotta, you gotta go to the GPT Plus, which is twenty bucks a month." And I'm like, "So I go to sign up. I'm all excited, and I'm on a wait list." Really? And I'm like, "You gotta be shitting me!" Here I'm hot and bothered, wanting, ready to go, right? Ready to go. Right. I'm ready to take the world by data analytics by by the <laughs> got it by the balls, and now I can't use right. it. And so old Seth says, well, let's try a different avenue. Let me try and invite you to a free 30-day thing. And by God, we went in the back door, and I was able to get right in. Should have known that and, Seth would be able to get it pulled off. Yeah, he, he got it pulled off. But so, so super fun. I mean, I'm going in. I'm just playing around with this the other night, right? And and it has some limitations because it only lets you do so much firepower work before it cuts you off for a couple hours. And I'm not sure if that's the limitations of the computers or what's going on and how new it is. And that's probably what they're limiting the users. But I'm just digging around to this thing, playing around. And there was a coloring book creator. I'm like, a coloring book creator. And so I pull it up and it says, design any coloring book page that you want. I said, so, you know, Griffin likes to cook and he likes coloring books. So I said, can you design a cookbook page or a coloring book page? Sorry, coloring book page. They'd probably do a cookbook too if I asked it, but give me a coloring book page of me and my grandson cooking. And within 10 seconds, 
here pops up a page of a, a guy and his grandson cooking. And I said, <clears throat> please make the grandson two years old. So it popped up. Here the grandson's now cooking on the floor or smaller, and it lowered the age of me, Grandpa, because they knew Grandpa, if it was two years old, the Grandpa was going to be. I said, um, give my grandson curly hair. Here's curly hair. Here's a page with curly hair. So it had all this. And then I'm like, oh, look at this, Sherry. We're going to have fun with this. So I said, I'm going to upload a picture of Griffin and say, make this the image of my grandson. Well, that's where it wouldn't allow me to. I probably got to pay right. 40 bucks a month to get to that. But you couldn't right. put <clears throat> an artificial intelligence. You couldn't put the actual photo in there. But it was it was crazy. I'm going to have Haley kind of probably design me a little, um, not a photo, but maybe a character of Griffin to see if it'll let me upload that. But this whole thing, this whole artificial intelligence, it's amazing and it's scary. Why do you say it's scary? Well, think about now you can do voiceovers. so. I don't need you for this podcast, Randy. I'll just do a a voiceover of somebody else with right. your lips moving. So now think about, you know, we're in political season. I didn't know if you knew that or not. No, you know, no. I, I, I know Marla watches Fox News every once in a while. But, um, you know, think about now, whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden or whoever the hell it is, imagine somebody uploading a photo and just asking them, <clears throat> hey, have them make this statement. So then they make this statement that they didn't make, but right. then they could publish that statement and the world would believe it, right? Oh, exactly. Exactly. You know, so it's almost, it, it's it's just crazy. And so I'm, I've kind of gotten into this whole podcast thing. I've never been a podcast listener, right? Um, matter right. of fact, my our first episode that Emma and I did was the first podcast that I had ever listened to, and and I'm like, eh, so I'm like, eh, I don't see the, I really don't see the value in this. Well, ever since then, I've always been out searching as I go on my morning walks or you know just driving somewhere. I've always been a silence thinking guy. Well, now I've kind of turned into, I've got a few podcasts I listen to, and right. mostly restaurant-related or chef-related podcasts. And, you know, and I did listen to the, you know, the Travis Kelsey. I haven't listened to that one in a few weeks, but the Travis, the Kelsey Brothers one, um, just because I like Taylor Swift. But um, I think we may have talked about that three or four times, yeah. but... So I listen to this podcast, right? So the newest one I've been listening to is David Chang. Right. You'd said you know that. Who you know who, Dave, mm -hmm. you know yeah. who David Chang? Yeah. yeah. I think we maybe yeah. talked about the Momofuku noodles and whatever. Right. So he was talking about AI because he says there's a thing out there called decision paralysis. And I'm like, decision paralysis. And so what decision paralysis is, is, hey, Sherry, what do you want to have for dinner? Oh, I don't care. Well, I don't care either. I don't care. Or you go out to eat. Where do you want to go out to right. eat? I don't care. Right. I don't care. Right? You got the same thing in your house, right? Uh, exactly. Exactly. Or do, you, or do you just take control? No, it's the same thing. Guaranteed. Right. So here's decision paralysis, and he and he was talking about when couples go out to eat, um, that you know you'll have you'll have two couples. Where do you want to eat? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Everybody's I don't care. And he says AI will take care of that now. He says where he sees the world going is AI knows what Instagram photos you looked at and liked or commented on. AI okay. knows everything about your Facebook profile and whatever. And I can tell, you know, like for you and I, we like pork steaks, right? And if you go look right. at our social media, you're probably going to figure out we like barbecue and pork steaks. Right. And, mom and momofuku noodles, right? Right. So artificial intelligence will soon tell us 
where we want to eat because it knows everything about everybody. It can write my autobiography. How could it not know what I want for dinner? And so he talked about it coming into restaurant data and, you know, a, a customer comes in and they order a burger every time. But it's smart enough to know that, hey, they've had the burger last four times in a the row. They probably want something different. What's one of their other favorite foods? So whether it suggests that to them in the ordering process or it just puts them out front of with ads and social media and stuff ahead of time so when they walk in, they know exactly what they want. And what did he call that? Decision paralysis. Paralysis. Huh. Interesting. And I and I think <clears throat> that was just so we so we talked a lot about that yesterday. So I had and and if you know me, you know I hate meetings, right? I'm not a meeting right. guy. And I think because I grew up in corporate America and we had meetings to talk about meetings and you had the same thing, Randy, right? Same thing. Yeah. Meetings old, for meetings. In the old paint world. You got to have meetings yeah. to talk about meetings and whatever, and nothing ever got accomplished. Exactly. Right. Nothing ever exactly. got solved in a meeting. No. Right. It was just a way to get together and whatever. So I, I've always been in the restaurant business. I've always been kind of a one-on-one -on -one guy. Right. So, so if I've got an issue with this segment of the business, I'm talking to my GM or somebody in catering or whatever. I just, I've just always done that. And I've never, ever been a staff meeting guy. Well, you know, we got a lot going on, right? We had the big Thanksgiving massacre we talked about, which really wasn't that bad. It was actually really good, but we had the Thanksgiving right. <clears throat> massacre. We got Christmas around the corner. You know, we got things happening in the restaurant and all kinds of different things. Um, and I'm like, you know what, we probably, I probably need to sit down and just with my upper kind of management, um, need to sit down and have a meeting. And that wasn't Sherry upper management. She didn't get invited. Right. Right. She's the upper but, upper management. So yesterday we, I said, we're going to have this meeting at nine 15. And so we, we start at nine 15 and we start talking. I didn't really have an agenda. I just. I started walking around the restaurant. I, I, I was in the banquet room, but I was I was like, okay, let's talk about when you walk in the back door. Let's talk about meat inventory because that's the first thing you see is raw meat inventory. And let's talk about smoker and production issues and then side dish and side dish production. And then let's move into catering and bakery and our front and our back line to go line, whatever. And we hit every segment of our business. And every segment you know, would take some time. And I thought maybe we'd have an hour-long meeting. At four o'clock yesterday afternoon, we left the meeting and we weren't Holy even halfway shit. through. Yeah, really. Four o'clock in the afternoon, we sat down, and I tell you, I had the best day ever having that meeting because I knew that I had the right team, right? Because we were going back and forth and, and challenging each other, and it was just truly amazing. And, and that's great. And I'm like. Holy criminally. And we've got a list of 50 million things. I mean, it was so, let me give you an example. We're sitting there talking about desserts because we make our own desserts from scratch, right? We bake our own brownies. We don't make our own cookies, but we, you know, we make our famous apple right. dumpling. We make our whatever. We make everything from scratch. Well, we were talking about different dessert ideas because if you can sell a dessert, you can, you know, mark up your ticket item. So, up comes uh, this Slim Chickens, which is a chicken chain here. I'm not sure if you got Slim Chickens down there or not, but Slim Chickens is a, a no, very no, gaining no. popularity. They're not as big as a, you know, a, a Chick Fil A or a Popeyes or something like that. But Slim Chickens is a thing, and, and so I know all the equipment guys that serve. You know, it's a pretty new location, a couple years old. But anyway, I've talked to them and they said, the one thing that's different about Slim Chickens is Slim Chickens makes all their stuff from scratch. They make all their sauces from scratch in-house daily, which is really weird for a chain restaurant, but really good. Right. And to be honest, I went up and when I heard that, this was about six months ago, I said, I'm going to go to Slim Chickens because, you know, we own a chicken place of our own. And I'm like, I'm going to see what the competition's like. And they're on the other edge of Ankeny. They're probably 20 minutes away from our chicken restaurant, but maybe 10 minutes. I don't know. But So I go up and I order the chicken sandwich. And 
you know, I just go through the drive through Nobody knows me. I just order the chicken sandwich. That's all I get. And I get my chicken sandwich and my bun's burnt. My chicken is about a half inch thick on one end of the bun. It barely covered the bun, but it was about a half inch thick on one side and about a quarter inch, not even a quarter inch, eighth of an inch on one side. The one side's jerky and the one side's nice and juicy. The flavor's good, but overall, it's a C, right? It's a three-star for me, Right. whatever. So back to the meeting, we're talking about the meeting, and they're like, all the young kids are just in love with Slim Chickens. And I'm like, what's the deal? Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe I have to go try it again, which I need to. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's, it's right. the desserts in a jar. The desserts in a jar. Yeah. Oh, they're great. They're great. So while we're sitting there talking about this, my director of operations gets on DoorDash. Didn't he, we didn't even know he was doing it. Gets in DoorDash, orders dessert from the Slim Chickens, and has it delivered to the restaurant. And we're just talking about things, talking whatever. And all of a sudden, here walks in one of our front of the house managers with, hey, did you guys order DoorDash from Slim Chickens? David's like, yeah, I did. So we threw out a bunch of spoons, and there was these desserts, and they were in a pint jar. Now, it was a custom pint right. jar, glass jar. It was a glass jar with a lid, just like a ball jar, whatever. But it had Slim Chickens in insignia into the glass. And so right. we're looking at this, and it's it, and it's just like a layered dessert. So we had one that was like it had whipped cream, and it had Reese's peanut butter cuts chopped up, and then it had cheesecake, like they had cooked this cheesecake, and then chopped it up into like little, and it wasn't a very thick cheesecake, but they had chopped it into these like little three-quarter inch squares, threw some of them in, more right. whipped cream, more whatever, and they put the lid on the thing. And that's seven ninety nine. And they did the wow. same thing with a brownie dessert. They had whipped cream with with um whipped cream with uh chocolate chips on it, with some brownie in the middle, with more whipped cream. Hell half the whole thing was damn whipped cream. But right. it was good. But it was seven ninety nine for a little dessert. And I was trying to get to the bottom of what the hell is the deal? And they're like, oh, well, we can take this jar and we can take it home, put it in the fridge, and then every once in a while we'll take a bite out of it, and it might last three days. And that's value, right? So every time I want a little snack, it's value. And I'm willing to pay seven ninety nine for a jar that, unlike me, I'm like, hmm. So, so now my wheels are turning about, I'm going to put some desserts in a jar. I sure. can make, and these were, these were actually, I'm like, I wonder if these come in frozen, they just thaw them out. And so I instantly flip up the jar and it's got today's date on it. I'm like, I think they made this fresh today. And then another one, they flip it up and goes, oh, this one's from yesterday. Now they may have been frozen and, and taken out. I'm not sure whether they would do that or not. It might've been. And if it is, more power to them if you can take something like that and just thaw it out and make a bunch of them instead of trying to make everything fresh every day with the rotation. Right. But it was just, it was crazy. You take a, you know, you take, and you know, so we start looking at jars. We've got a dollar in the jar and we had less than a dollar in the ingredients for $2. Would I sell that for seven ninety nine six? Hell yeah, I would. Because it's a high dollar dessert say- item. I was going to say, you probably had it more in the jar and the lid and everything than you did in the dessert, than you would in the dessert. Right. But the value to, exactly. to the people that love this, the value, they thought the dessert was good, but I derived the value was, here's this jar. And I uh-huh. said, do you get to take the jar back and get a refund or whatever? Like. No, I just collect them, and then when I get too many of them, I throw them away, which means they're not just buying this every once in a while. They're buying this a lot. And so I've oh, got, 
at my mind's my mind starting to go and I'm thinking wow if I could at lunch sell a 699 pork sandwich and a 699 jar of dessert that's pretty damn profitable because I'm not just capturing the value of a dessert of a $1.99 cookie that somebody's going to eat there. I'm actually getting them to buy something that they're going to enjoy over two or three days. But I get the revenue exactly. for that, right? So they're not going to stop and get two other candy bars. They're going to go back to that dessert. Now, I don't, I don't want to copy them exactly. But I'm trying, that's how my mind is thinking of, oh, wait a second. How do we get something that's special, that's homemade, that's really good, but give it in this convenience factor that people think there's a lot of value? Well, and don't you think also, Darren, something like that, if somebody comes and gets it at lunch and then they take it back to the office, and set it in the they take it back to the office and somebody goes well where did you get that well i got that at smoky d's you know it, it's going to help in the selling it's selling of that add-on sales well, you know from somebody else seeing it you know well and so you know that's the first thing we went to is i said i'm going to go get some jars i'm going to go over to the farm store right around the block i can buy jars yeah. for a you know 11 bucks a dozen right right i'll have 90 some cents in the jar and they said, well, you going to put a sticker on it? And I'm like, okay. So instead of hand-blowing custom jars, which I could do, I could, sure. uh, we got online for a buck, I can have, somebody will make me plastic jars with my logo on it. Plastic, okay, not glass, plastic jars okay, with my logo on it. And I'm not sure if there's enough value in that plastic jar. Maybe there is. Maybe we got the same concept, right? The plastic jar versus a glass. Right. I'm trying to figure out, is the glass that important or is the plastic jar? But they'll do them for a buck a piece, you know, 250 minimum. I'm like, 250 minimum? If I can't sell 250 yeah. of these damn things, then you I might as well not do you know, But it's a matter of getting something enough value that people are willing to pay for it because they know they're going to have multiple, whether it's multiple meals or whether it's multiple something out of it right right but the whole conversation became around value right and we're we're very value driven right um you have to be you have to be you have to yeah. be because people are hurting now right so i, I listened to another Another podcast, I'm going to have to, I, I never know names of the damn things. But there's a guy out of Minneapolis. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Um, he, he's a restaurant owner. Um, I really can't find my way around podcasts, but here it shows. I'll find it here. But it, there's this guy that owns a restaurant in Minneapolis, and his last name's Never, something Never. and he has a podcast called Never Neverland. Instead of Never Neverland, it's N-I-V-E-R, right. Never Neverland. And I just listened to a podcast of his this morning. And it was a 45-minute rant about people and the cost of the restaurant and whatever. And he's in a he's in a little different situation. So he's got sit-down restaurants, reservations required, whatever. And he was complaining because all this cost was going up. But... He had 50-some seats, right? 48 seats, I think. And he said they had sold-out reservations, right? They, they Online, so they were turning people away. And half the people either didn't show up or didn't cancel the reservation, even after they sent him a text message the same day <laughs> saying, we got you down for 7 o'clock tonight, you in? Half of and them then replied, go, yes. yep, we're in, and then didn't show up. Wow. And half of them didn't even respond. And he's like, what do I do? I've turned down people all week long for a Friday night. 
But now all of a sudden my seats are half full because somebody decided they either want to go somewhere else or it wasn't that important to eat. So there. what's he and do? He's like, do you know what you, 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 he says, you do nothing, you struggle. And that was his kind of rant about the customer. And he tried to compare it to, you know, if you make a, a if you make an appointment with your beautician, as I know you do, Randy, of I course. just walk in. But but if you make it, do you keep that appointment? Would you never sure just you not show up? No, you'd keep that appointment because no. it's personal, right? You you want something done. Exactly. Well, he said the dining segment has gotten gotten so lazy about that that it's not personal to them so i'm gonna book a i'm gonna book a reservation at three or four different restaurants tonight and then in our decision paralysis we'll figure out where we're gonna eat and we just won't show up for the other three well he's like i reserve not worry that about table. but i reserved that table for you right so that table is going to sit empty now so if it you know let's say it's a fancy restaurant it's 50 bucks a plate Four people at fifty bucks—that's two hundred bucks that he's not going to make in that segment. He also talked about segments. How you can't just go sit at a restaurant and expect to sit there all night long because he had like two or three seatings. So he may have a five right. o'clock reservation, a seven o'clock reservation, a nine o'clock reservation. When you go there at five, exactly. you can't sit there for four hours because you got to expect somebody's going to sit there at seven. Right. Now we don't have any of that problems because we're in order at the counter place and you know if we run out of seats we'll find you a seat, you know, somebody we'll make somebody uncomfortable enough they'll leave. But we have people sit there for right. 4 hours, but then again we have people sit there for 20 minutes and it just all works out, but it all came about his his rant went on and on about the city of St. Paul, how they've put an 11% liquor tax on them, how they put a $15 uh uh labor uh, minimum wage on them when that was just the city. So he was having to pay a server 15 bucks an hour, let's say, plus they get all their tips. Right. So the servers are like driving Mercedes, right? Because they're making bank. Whereas uh-huh. he's losing his butt because he's having to pay that eye where he could go two miles away to a suburb who had a minimum wage of eight thirty five, and their servers still made Plus good tips. money, right? Exactly. Plus the tips and everything, so they made things. So he was forced with that. He was forced with property taxes that were ten percent higher. He was forced with all these different costs associated with trying to figure out how to survive. He was trying to figure out how to survive, and I, I think we're starting to see that. We're starting to. You know, I, I, another another a YouTube video I just sent you that, Randy, is a guy that owns Heavy Maze Barbecue. And he was talking about the food cost of barbecue. And everybody thinks that, you know, all these Texas barbecue places are just making bank, right? Well, exactly. he told the real story about how they're just dying to survive because the price of brisket's gotten so bad for prime briskets at five ninety nine a pound. He's got uh-huh. this huge restaurant during the boom. They got this huge restaurant. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, brisket used to be twenty bucks a pound. Now his brisket is thirty four ninety nine a pound, and he said people can't afford to eat here. And he heard that all the time. People saying, "Hey, uh, you got great food, but I can't afford to eat there, right?" And exactly. so here he's got seats sitting empty. Because he can't afford, he's cooking less brisket because they're using much. How does he survive? And so he's done some things, um, you know, about coming up with value propositions. And we've seen this. uh, It really didn't hit home, but I've seen this with almost every Texas barbecue joint. And how many have you seen have have a brisket smash burger on their menu today? Right. Almost every single one of them. Right, exactly. almost every single one has a brisket smash burger, and the reason they have a brisket smash burger is because they've got all this brisket trim that you can only make so much sausage out of, and what do you do with it? So they can grind it up and make a kick-ass burger, and sell that uh-huh. burger, you know, for eight or ten bucks, and actually get people through the door. Exactly. 
And and so it's it's all about survival. And I, I see it coming. I, I see it coming. We're starting to I get uh I get all the emails. We have different, I don't know, seven shifts and whatever, people fill out applications. And I haven't seen applications roll in in the last two years like they're rolling in right now. You because haven't seen restaurants. I haven't seen okay. applications fly through the door, right? We're getting You're a not lot getting of applications. Applica- you are. We, we are, are now. We we haven't okay. in the past. We've never, and we really haven't had any need to. We really don't have to hire a lot, but we are so, really getting a lot of applications rolling in the door because I think there's a lot of small restaurants that are going out. We're seeing okay. a lot of, please help me. I want to survive posts on Facebook from a lot of restaurants because Costs are high. People aren't eating out as much, right? Ever since COVID, right. you know, they just, people aren't eating. They're learning the, it, during COVID. They learned how to cook at home, right? Because they had yep. to. And so they're just not eating out. So there's less people eating out. And so our goal is how do we, how do we attract them? How do we attract them back in? And I think, value is what we do. I think it's value. Giving them their money's worth. Well, yeah. So for instance, let's let's take Evie Mace for, for instance, and let's do some simple math, right? So he's okay. got brisket at so let's say his brisket and we're gonna just gonna keep this very simple. So let's say brisket right. costs fifteen bucks a pound to produce. And he's selling it for thirty bucks. Okay, so every pound he sells, he makes fifteen dollars. Now, of course, he has to pay for it. Right. Da 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 da. But that's you still got to pay all the labor and everything. But he makes fifteen bucks. But he's not selling much brisket. But if he could lower the price of his brisket down to twenty five dollars, right? Uh-huh. And sell instead of one pound, he could sell three pounds. That means he'd make thirty bucks instead of fifteen. Right. And I think that's where restaurants get it wrong. I think that's where people that are in, and I'm in the restaurant business, but I'm not a restaurateur. But I think so much focus goes on food cost and labor cost. You forget about sales takes care of everything, right? Sales takes care of everything. And I'm not saying go slash your prices. And I, but you got to have that. But we've, we're probably making more money than we ever have in the restaurant business. Why half the world is struggling? Because I haven't raised prices in two years. Exactly. I'm cheaper to. I am a cheaper place. We are at Smoky D's. We're a cheaper place to eat than we're damn near cheaper than McDonald's. But we're making you know. Long time say go saying you can make it up in volume. And the volume well, you're doing, you're making it up in. We make the volume. I mean, I looked yesterday. We did 930 covers yesterday. 930 tickets. Probably yeah. meant we, we probably served 1,300, 1,400 people. On, on a, a Friday. Friday. Yeah. And sales sales were okay. Sales, sales were okay. Our ticket, we weren't high ticket. But we sold a lot of it. So if I've got big overhead structure, I got to figure out: Do you have good enough food to attract the people? And first, you got to have good food, right? You got to have above That's average. The food. That's the key. That's the key. You got to have good food. You got to have. You got to be good customer service. You can't have any of this BS treating customers like shit, and you can't have you know crap running around and critters running around. I mean, you just got to run an overall tight ship. But if right. you have the good food, if you could lower your price $2 and sell three times as much, most restaurateurs would say, no, my food cost would be out of line. Darren would say, I'm going to make it up in volume. Because let me, and you and I have had this conversation before. What keeps the door open, percentages or dollars? That, that's that's exactly right. We we used to talk. Remember, we talked. We had to talk about the pork sandwich or the ribs. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you know, r- ribs are forty percent food cost, and pork sandwich is twenty five. 
right? What do you want to sell? When somebody walks in the door, what do you want to sell? I want to sell them a damn rack of ribs because that rack of ribs, even though it's 40% food cost, I can make $10 on that rack of ribs where I can only make $3 on that pork sandwich. And they're going to exactly. order one or the other, right? Uh huh. Order one or the other. You know, so now we've got a whole new, you know, now that's, that's, that's our focus. That's our focus going into, into the holidays and into whatever our focus is value, our value proposition. We're not saying we're going to be super ass cheap, even though we are. We're going to say, how do we move tickets? Right. Because if I can move tickets, I got a productive workforce. And especially if you can be productive, you don't have to um, just you don't have to add more staff, which adds more cost. Your building costs the same. Your air conditioner costs the same. Your plumbing costs the same, no matter whether you do one ticket or whether you do 100 tickets. So you got to figure out how do you do more tickets. And that may be lowering your price, which may increase your food cost as a percentage. But if it brings more dollars through the dollars in the door, that's okay. Exactly. And I think that's the lesson that sometimes people don't think about. And so I would agree. Yeah, we you. had all we had all kinds of crazy ideas. We're like, we don't offer a family pack, right? Now you can order a whole pit for seventy nine ninety nine, which is one of each of our meats and two three pints of sides and a rack of ribs and some fries and garlic bread, whatever. Well, you know, that's designed for 10 people, right? Uh-huh. We're going to figure out, okay, how do we make a value pack that's designed for the family of four? And we're going to make it cheaper than you can make it at the grocery store. So whether that's a rack of ribs and a pound of meat and two quarts of sides or two pints of sides and some, you know, maybe a dinner salad, which is big enough for four people anyway, because our portions are so damn big. Right. That we add value. And then you think about football, people going to the football game. What do I want? Well, they want a rack of ribs. They want some wings and maybe they want some barbecue egg rolls, or maybe they want, let's design packages around that about stuff that's going to travel sure. well that they can, Hey, we're going to, Hey, we're hand having food. football food. Today. Hand food. We're getting hand, yeah, food. hand food. You're exactly right. You know, so, so we're I'm getting ready to head to Florida tomorrow. Cause I need some, uh, I need some thinking time. Right. Thinking time. And it's hard to I need some sunshine, but I'm probably not going to get much sunshine because I have a feeling as many ideas as I have spinning in my head right now, I'm probably going to be uh-huh. inside most of the time on the computer working through making it better. Right? There you go. Trying to figure well, out how do we make life better. Exactly. Exactly. So value, that's, that's the lesson, value. I mean, another thing we're doing, and we're going to introduce this after the first year or so, we're known for our comfort food specials, right? Matter of fact, I just got a phone call the other day. Somebody wants to feature our handballs on a television show. Really? And I'm talking to the gal, and I'm like, you know, I said, handballs don't get the respect they deserve. And she goes, oh, my God, that's so funny. She goes, I can't believe you just said that. Why? And she goes, I've never heard somebody so excited to talk about handballs in my life. I'm like, (laughs) handballs, people come from all around the state in the Smoky D's on Saturday to have our handballs. There's people that drive from Ottumwa an hour and a half away every Saturday to get our handballs. Now, isn't that kind of crazy? But we have a good handball. Yeah. Hell, a plate of handballs. You get four handballs, mashed potatoes and gravy and corn. Hell, that's enough food for three people. Because right? uh, yeah. handballs aren't You're exactly many meatballs, right. they're huge, right? But we sell that for eleven ninety nine includes a drink. Well, now we're looking at, okay, not everybody wants to eat that because it's too big of a portion. You got grandma and grandpa, whatever. So now we're thinking about coming in with a handball bowl and a, and a roast beef bowl and a turkey bowl and a mac and cheese bowl that we're going to serve half the meat and half the side dish, the same scoop potatoes. And I'll charge eight ninety nine instead of eleven ninety nine, and I bet you I sell twice as many of them. I so would agree with you. I'm not, so I'm not, and I'm going to actually improve my food cost probably as a bonus to that one. But I'm just giving people what they want. You know, back to the holiday meat conversation we have. 
I'm giving people what they want. They want a three pound package. They don't, they don't care about a fancy turkey. They just want good food, economical, and whatever. So if I can make it cheaper that you don't, like last night, went to the grocery store, okay? We didn't have decision paralysis for the first time in years at our house. Really? I got done with, got done with my meeting at 4 o'clock. I called up my lovely bride, just like I do every night when I'm on my home, way home from the restaurant. I said, I'm on my way to the grocery store. What sounds good for dinner? Instantly, she goes, boy, cavatelli sounds good. I'm like, huh, wow. She's never asked for cavatelli in our life. But by God, I'll make cavatelli. And I think I knew what it was, but I'm like, ah, it's Italian <laughs> sausage and ground beef and some cavatelli noodles and some cheese, and we throw it all in pasta sauce and whatever. So I go collect the ingredients, and I, I we make our own homemade Italian sausage. So I had, I had a pound of sausage at home. I said, take that out and get it thawing. And I'll pick up some burger and I'll pick up. So I bought all the ingredients. I walked without the Italian sausage. I bought all the ingredients and a couple little tins to bake them in because I wanted them to look kind of cool. Right. $36. And that's all I had. $36 for noodles, pasta sauce, hamburger, cheese. Not even all the cheese, just part of the cheese because I had some at home. And the tin. $36. You know I can go anywhere and get cavatelli, a portion of cavatelli, and a little slice, we have a little slice of bread. Got to have your carbs. $18. You think I can yeah, go anywhere exactly. in Des Moines, any Italian restaurant, and probably get cavatelli for $18? I'm I sure you can. Get a, I probably could get a cavatelli dinner and probably a drink for 18 bucks. Yeah, And exactly. that was the two of us. And that was the two of us. And it was like, that's when it really hit me about the value of, in our marketing and everything that we do, how do we, how do we get that value out there? How do we get that we are a great value? How do we get the dessert and whatever? And so that's, that's us pushing forward. You're going to hear a lot, the word value a lot. In well, and that separates you away from the rest. I think so. I think so. I, still, I know so. We're still so. figuring out how to get the best damn food. I mean, hell, we just, Randy, we just locked into a contract on ribs. Three and a, you know, we moved. We were at a three and a quarter pound rib. We had, were forced to go down to a three pound rib, right? Which uh -huh. I'm like, I don't want to serve that smaller rib. But. It just so happened it wasn't cut very wide, so it really was a nice rib, a lot of nice thick meat. It just wasn't as wide a rib, but it was nice and juicy when you bought into it, and I was very happy with it. And it came time to sign my contract for the next year, and I'm like, I need the three and a half. And they're like, well, you've been happy with the three. And I'm like, no, because what's going to happen is I'm going to buy the three. You're going to cut it wider, and then I'm going to have crap. So I want the three and a half pound rib. And by God, they found a way to cut me a contract on three and a half pound rib. And so, Good for you. yeah, except for, and then they come back and said, Hey, I said, I want them right now. I know my contract doesn't start till January 1st. I need them right now. And they're like, uh, no, we can't do that because we're building inventory for you because that's how ribs work. They build, you know, they cut all the ribs. If I sign a contract, they're going to cut all my ribs and throw it in the freezer. And so they said, but we do have some that are about 350 days old sitting in the freezer. Would you be interested in those? Two forty nine a pound. And I said, Well, I don't know. And my meat guy over at PFG goes, Dan, he goes, Let's try and get them for a buck ninety nine. I said, Okay, let's do it. Dan says, Hey, can we get those for a buck ninety nine? And the guy says, Yep, we'll do it. I'm like, Dan's like, son of a bitch, we should have got one fifty nine out of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But now we're buck now we're buck ninety nine. So my rack of ribs cost went from a three pound at three bucks, whatever. I went from nine bucks down to seven bucks. Exactly. To a rack of ribs. Now, I'm not going to lower the price on rack of ribs because I'm cheaper than shit anyway. But I am not going to exactly. raise the price on something else. And that's how hopefully we're going to win at the end. You got to keep fighting the battle. Keep fighting the battle. 
Anything else going on down on Twyford Road? Not too much. I've done a lot of the talking today, Randy. Well, we've uh, kind of hung the food truck up for the season. Had a lot of people asking if there's a nice day come up, we might run her out, you know, now and then. Uh, but doubt it, you know, with cold weather, doesn't work out too good. So, uh, but uh, got quite a few caterings going on. So a lot of Christmas parties and stuff like that. So, and uh, That's I think like you're saying, uh, it's when we do caterings, we give the people what they want. You know, some some of the caterings, they're wanting some things a little different, and uh, we're pretty flexible of giving them what they want. So, kind of giving them, as you say, the value, what they what they're asking for. So, I think it's paying off for us in big dividends. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. Anytime that catering, keep an eye on keep an eye on Thursday, buddy, because we're looking at the weather. You know, we're we're on our way to Florida tomorrow, and by God, we're going to have a cold streak. Thursday, it's supposed to be a high of seventy. And I can't wait Where? to get down there in my shorts and, and and all these other guys are going to be in parkas, right? 70. And then we looked at the weather for here, 57 yeah. degrees in Iowa on Thursday. There you go. So come Friday, you probably need to have a food truck day because I'm guaranteeing she's going to yeah, be Yeah, we might have a food truck day on Illinois. Friday. Exactly. Might have to have a food truck exactly. if you don't have too many caterings. And if you do have the caterings, Screw that food truck. That's guaranteed money. That's exactly right. That's kind of the problem we got. We've got some day. I was looking at the weather, and the weather's pretty decent. But those, the days that the guys can be off are the days we've got catering. So kind of <laughs> screw the food truck. Caterings are good, the sure thing. So Sure thing. Nothing like it. Nothing like a sure thing. Just like going to the, going to the bar at night really late. Nothing like a sure thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. Okay. Yeah. I think right. that's I think enough. That's we got we got we got fifty two minutes of pure pure content here. Yep. Good content. Good content. So. Okay. I look forward to uh, next week. I'll probably have a little different backdrop backdrop behind me. Okay. But, well, uh, I'll probably have the same. So. You'll probably have the same. So, in the meantime, we know you found a podcast. So just. You know, just tell one more person. That's your goal as a listener. Yeah, if you like, just tell if one, you like, just what you, tell one more person. If you like what you uh, heard or seen, uh, tell a friend. If you don't, don't tell them. Or just tell us. Or just tell us exactly. So, hey guys, Emma here. Had to come out of retirement for this one, but for some reason, Darren and Randy cannot remember to say follow us on social media. We are at Q the Mic Pod on Facebook. Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter X, whatever you call it. We are also on YouTube. If you haven't watched our videos already, you can find us over there. We are at Cue the Mic Podcast. Um, be sure to subscribe and like our videos and leave comments. I love to read those. And just like the guy said, also be sure to tell your friends because we love listeners. We'll see that you reminds, all again. Remind, Take care now. Rem <laughs> we'll talk to you later. See you later.